You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes, or as they call me, the Butterfly, coming at you from Orlando, Florida. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> I think it's terrible. Why, go back to the drawing board. Why do they call you the Butterfly? Uh, it was just the nickname I found that they call Thomas Dumoulin. Really? He's nicknamed the they Butterfly. Call that? I don't know, but I was like, oh, that's a really good nickname. Um, mm. So I wanted to change my nickname. Maybe if you were like a really good climber. Okay. I'm a good climber though. Maybe they uh, could call me the feather because I descend like one. <laughs> what was the uh what's the first guy in Mike Tyson's punch out? Can't you be like Tim Glassjaw Hayes? <laughs> no, it's Glass Joe. <laughs> Glass okay. Joe. All right. So uh yeah, uh, I'm coming it's nice here. Where are you guys? Okay. At? I'm in I'm a little guy. I'm in Minneapolis. It's also really nice here. There you go. Oh. Well, you guys are lucky. This is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, where I sweltered in the heat and humidity all day, only to come home and have my power be out. So I am recording very low, lo-fi this evening. So I apologize in advance for any uh, uh, poor sound quality. So and deal well, with it. We like it. We like to thank everybody for listening. And as always, you can always uh, download us on iTunes, Stitcher, leave us a review, Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Or email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And uh, guys, mm-hmm. right away, um, the first question that we received on Twitter is uh, from Jared Neters. Who is the best rider in the Tour de France 2015? Choose amongst the following. A, Peter Sagan. B, Peter Sagan. C, Peter Sagan. Oh, well, that's easy. Yeah. Dude, even, even an idiot can get that. <laughs> so the option guys- is... The answer is D, all of the above. <laughs> That's right. And I have to admit, Peter Sagan, you know, after today, the 16th stage, he gets his 16th career second place at the Tour de France. Yeah. And, nice. gentlemen, he put on quite a show today, and I kind of like the guy again. I'm going to go back out on a limb. He's back uh, amongst my favorites. How was that yeah. back on a limb? When did when did you not like him? I didn't like him when he was grabbing the... Uh, the, the podium oh, okay. girls for like little jokes girls. like that. I really have a problem with that immature sense of humor where you think it's funny at once and then you yeah. think yeah. back and I'm sure he's like, yeah, that was pretty funny. I've definitely been back on the on the Pete Sagan uh, bandwagon since the tour of California because that was amazing. Yeah, and uh, I saw him on this stage with the two cat two climbs and everybody was like, oh, well, he's just going to get the sprint and then he's going to go back. And not do anything, and I was like, I don't know, you guys. I think he's gonna go for it, and uh, I mean, he did. How about today's like? So, so he doesn't win the stage today, but he was obviously the strongest guy in the climb. He just miscalculated the tactics, and you know, he still well, came pretty close. But man, it was pretty exciting to watch. And you know what? Good on you, Peter Sagan. Thanks for bringing some excitement to the tour. Um, I did hear I'm... Tyler Farrar was kind of. Uh, 
talking about how Sagan is probably going to win the green jersey for the next like 10 years because of the amount yeah. of um, points they put on the intermediate sprints now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was saying that, you know, that's perfect for Peter Sagan because he can just like get in the break and, you know, clean up on the midpoint sprints and then always be there on some of these hillier finishes. Like today, he got major points mm-hmm. and uh, Greipel was nowhere to be found. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's pretty un- pretty unstoppable. No, I'm changing the rules. Yeah, Greipel could be found. He was just an hour behind. <laughs> it's true. Everybody has the little uh, thing on the back of their seat now, so they know yeah. where every rider is. Hey, well, what's but- amazing is even on the flat stages when Greipel crushes everyone, Sagan's like third or fourth. It is you know, true, like- but can we – so pet peeve time. Um, oh. Obviously yesterday, uh, Peter Sagan's mechanic uh, threw the water bottle at the camera – and awesome. there was all this, you know, talk about, you know, Sean Yates today got banned from the car, which was awesome because that means Oleg was that much closer to driving. And then... That's a good thing. But the, you know, and they're talking about the... The problem with that is, yeah, the motorbike messed up and Peter Sagan uh, got hit and there's like the disagreement between the motorbike and the mechanic. But can we talk for a second the reason why Peter Sagan was getting off his bike? It wasn't because of a mechanical. It was because he was switching bikes. And yeah. that is something that needs to be outlawed. Um, There's no on, way to outlaw that, though. How are you going to outlaw that? I, I think that you're uh, um, that you there have has to, show to be a, there's something wrong. Yeah, there has to be a. You can't switch model bikes like a who's, climbing who's, bike. Who's going to police that? Like every time they get a they they like pull over to stop, like an official have to come over and verify a flat tire or something. Well, maybe not it's a like flat tire, but like unenforceable. The, I don't think it is. Like maybe you have to have the same model bike, like. Um, on the roof of the car, you need to have the identical A bike and a B bike because he's switching bikes. He's switching from, you know, yeah. a lighter climbing bike to one that is supposedly faster in a straight line that has braking problems. And there's some <laughs> major issues there. And I just think it's against the sporting nature. They banned the guy from, uh, um, what was it? Bora, the guy that took the hundred yard, uh, car ride because his chain snapped to no, his team mechanic. That- Sepulveda, whatever. Yeah, that's completely different, though. I no, but like, it, what my point is, the little guy, is that if you're doing sporting gestures, you're saying like, "Hey, this is in the nature of the sport," so you're going to ban a guy for taking a car ride. Totally understandable, and you should ban the guy. Then you also can't look the other way when someone is changing the equipment that they're using for no other reason than one stage. I just think that it's dumb, and it's it's against the sporting nature of the race. I kind of agree that it's dumb. Right, but I guess I don't. I don't feel like there's like a ethical quandary or something. It's just it's yeah. like the nature of 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 all these sponsors, and especially like specialized being yeah. trying they to trying to, to like more move bikes. more bikes. Yeah. Like we got a sprint bike and we got a climbing bike. I want you guys to switch it. And like yeah. I don't know, would they do it if there wasn't some advantage to it? Like there must be something because like I never I've never understood it either. Especially with, not, the weight, with the weight limit. Like if there was no if there was no weight limit. It would totally make sense that, like, before the last climb, Quintana would get on a bike that weighed five pounds. You know, because, like, because he could, because he's small enough, and then he'd have just a crazy advantage. Like, if it was, whatever, I don't know when the the weight limit got imposed. Yeah, even the overbuilt sprint bikes are hitting that limit, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, Considor's doing the same thing, and and you're right, Tim, it's weird. Like, Considor's been, like, switching bikes to get on a bike with, like, lighter tires and stuff for the finish, so, like... Well, and it's also like, how they're I putting the see, motors like, in the bikes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way Contador's putting the motor in his bike. The problem is his motor hasn't been working very well, so they gotta, they got to work on that. 
I just, you know, anyways, I, I said my piece. I'm just not a major fan of it. And <laughs> Peter Sagan's mechanic has funny. one good arm, good motion. You guys are yeah. having your little fun over there. But, you know, <laughs> talking about Pontiacs. And uh, so, guys, 16th stage. Uh, we, we could care less about the uh, winner. Of course, we're talking about the descent, the descent from hell. Uh, every tour that goes down it seems to be um, crazy. Of course, Joseba Baloki um, was career-ending or near-career-ending on his descent. And mm-hmm. then the famous scene of uh, Lance going across the, the grass. And that may have been the, the moment that I decided I didn't like Lance Armstrong. Because uh, he's like, it's like cyclocross, which, you know, and Phil and Paul are talking about that the whole time. That's a weird but, reason to not like him because he, like, made an yeah, invasive that's, move. That's and then somebody strange. else claimed that it was like cyclocross. Like, he didn't, he didn't. I know. He didn't, I, like, quickly grab a microphone well, and be like, that was the when, coolest when, thing I ever Yeah. When that actually happened, when we were watching <laughs> that, I, I actually know. was like, holy crap. Like, this, this is awesome. It was awesome. I, it was just... Let's talk about today's though. Today's crash yeah. on the descent. Yeah. So, so yeah, we all knew this descent was tricky. We all knew there were a couple of tricky bends in there. Yeah, we watched the leader pretty much go off the road and uh, Sagan down. the same spot. Sagan didn't do it as bad, but uh, definitely didn't judge that corner perfectly. Um, but yeah, man, the rest of the time, it was amazing to watch. Like he was basically putting his chest on the saddle. And railing these corners going down that hill. Uh, how does was, his how did his wheel stick? <laughs> I don't know. Like he was getting in that arrow tuck position for like every half second that he could, and then jumping back out of it the last second and throwing all his weight one direction and making these hairpin turns. And you know, you know, I bet what he did. It's motorized open. I bet his front wheel hit four wheel drive, sort of like or like a two wheel drive mm. system going on, so he had more traction. You know, mm-hmm. the guy that was going down the mountain with Sagan had all his uh, weight over the rear wheel. That It was just interesting to see the different descending styles between those two guys. Um, I think it was, what was it, the Colombian uh, guy from... I don't even know. What I am cycling, yeah. Yeah, I am cycling, thank you. But the, you know, let's talk about the crash of crashes for this year's tour. Um, we mm. haven't seen a crash like Big this controversy. since... controversy. We haven't seen a crash like this since the guy from Barlow World went off the... Uh, the side of the road and of course we we're mentioned talking... that two weeks in a row now. i know it's yeah. the new george hen uh, we we saw it like last last tour and yeah well sure but we're talking about garrett thomas going into a pole who it looks like he moves Oof. his head at the last minute and grabs onto it with a hand so he doesn't go hurling down the mountain and then he gets up and finishes 40 seconds down but of course that's not the real story about the crash spencer yeah the real story that Twitterati have been exploring uh, in depth, whose fault it was uh, that uh, that Garrett Thomas ended up into that pole. Uh, That's a drummer. And the Who's answer a... is... What I'm, the hell I'm, is I'm that waiting. noise? It's a drum roll, Spencer. Whose fault was it? That's the worst thing ever. Okay, how about... Is this better? No. Okay, I'll stop. I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, shut up. Tell us whose fault the ah. people on the internet. I guess I'm going to edit all this now. You yeah. ruined it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's pretty obvious watching the uh, the live video that uh, Warren Bargee kind of t- 
took a horrible inside line and tried to dive bomb everybody like it was a Cat 3 crit racer. Uh, couldn't couldn't quite hold that line and, uh, you know, ended up tripoding basically through Garrett Thomas and, and off the side of the road himself. He, it may uh, have been he, the worst line ever inside. Yeah. He kept it together a little bit and got around the corner and stuff. But Whoa, like, whoa, whoa. He hit a bad. spectator down the hill. Well, yeah, but he didn't fall off the cliff like Thomas did. Okay. So are you going to tell us a story about who really caused the crash? Well, upon further investigation, uh, it looks like there was some argy-bargy between uh, TJ and uh, Bargill. Bargill, at the end of the race, uh, apologized for his actions, but said it was TJ's fault. Which TJ uh, I don't know what TJ said. About? Are we talking TJ... about the challenger to the little guy crown at the 2016 World, 2015 World Championships in Richmond? Yes, the arm wrestling the championships of the world. Little guy versus TJ Van Garter. The, fu- the future loser of the arm challenge, arm wrestling challenge. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what his response to that was, but uh, looking at the video, he definitely was trying to create some space to get around uh, Gesink uh, going into that corner, which I don't know why he was trying to do that, but he pushes Bargay off his line and takes that line, which wasn't that good in the first place. I think his original line was better. But so then they both end up taking these wacky lines, but uh, Bargy said he, his hand slipped off its brake lever, so he couldn't grab the brakes, and so he went in way hot and smashed right through everyone, basically. And uh, So it's all up in the air, but uh, if you ask me, analysis of the video looks like it, it might be TJ's fault. Oh, that's just such that's a shame funny. that a guy from BMC caused it. I it's mean, false. you know, you think it would be I'm a sure. pro-continental guy that would cause these problems, according to mm. Jim Ockowitz. Yeah, well, no, 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 so no I, well you either blame, there's like a descending order of how you do. So like if you're on a pro tour team, you blame, you blame a pro-conti team. And if you can't blame a pro-conti team, then you just blame a, like a largely, like a French team. Hopefully a French team, yeah. And if barring so a French team, a French rider. I don't know. But that's sort of the order. I yep. mean, like... So after know, a French like, team, it then goes to, like, the domestic teams, and then from there, it's Cat 1s. Yeah, you start blaming yeah. people that aren't even there. Yeah, and then if you're, like, yeah, you're in a 1-2 race, yeah. you blame you blame the 3s, like like I did a crate yesterday, and before it, everybody was just like, oh, I hope this isn't a 1-2-3, or like, oh, I hope everyone doesn't start diving for corners. Like, And then yeah. if you're in a 3-4 race, you're like, oh, those 4s are scary. They're always diving for corners. Yeah. So and if you're a four that... five, then you just get to say, "Ah, oh, some spectator threw urine on me." Oh, and which is <laughs> yeah. the next thing? Is that the yeah. most disgusting thing that could possibly happen to a professional bike I, racer? I think. Yeah, so. I think it is. Yeah, that's it's terrible. That's disgusting. It's pretty bad. And I hope they find the guy and string him up. But I mean, that's as a, that's, was it, that's worse than getting sprayed with beer at Cross Vegas. Was that was that Ryan Tremont or who who's the one that pointed out that this is the second British racer to get pee thrown at them? <laughs> and then then asked if it was a fetish. It was, it was someone. <laughs> Mike Could be. Mark Cavendish. It was someone. Cavendish was in like twenty thirteen, yeah. Mm. He claimed I, I But don't then know that got debunked. Fans, that no. got debunked as just being warm water. Uh, it was like Mountain Dew. This is Sarah Groff, US Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. So, 16th stage, we don't know who won um, our 16th place contest just yet, but we do know that Marco Haller of Katusha, the Austrian national champion, was um, the the 16th place winner, and I'm pretty sure that John 
Um, Senum did pick Navarro, who was the closest pick, and I think he Navarro got 17th or 18th. Navarro, yeah, yeah was Navarro 19th. was 17th, and I'm we're unofficially saying that that's probably the closest pick right now. Uh, yeah, we got to make sure nobody picked 15th, and we have to have a runoff here, but uh, it's looking good uh, for for him to be the winner of our uh, 16th place contest, which is going to get a cat's cap from Ixnay Shop, um, sponsor of this. Well, I'm pretty sure Tour that, de France, 16th place. Well, I know John will uh, wear it with pride, um, that cat's hat. And then, uh, hey, we did get a question uh, real quick from uh, Corinne Gordon. It says, hey, Slow Ride Pod, which rider's name are you least confident in pronouncing? Hmm. Um, uh, Daniels. Daniel. Daniel. I Tecle can't do Hamana? it. Tim, you do it. There you go. Tekel Hamana. Nailed it. I think, yeah, I think Tim's been nailing it this whole time. He's been nailing it. You get a lot of practice. There's some guys on Katusha that are usually invisible, but if one of those like weird Russian guys gets in a break and wins something, we're going to be in trouble. Uh, question for the Slow Ride podcast from Ford Murphy, Sneakers McFord. Hey, why is no one blaming Garrett Thomas for just having soft elbows and letting two people chop him? <laughs> I like okay. that. You know, Ford, I like that. Ford, I like that. The reason I like that is I like how you're putting the blame on the victim. Um, <laughs> this is a very, you know, a lot of people try this, but they're not skilled at it. I like what you did here. Um, you know, well, the more I Thomas think about it, it's Garrett Thomas's it, fault. that line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, another good questions, uh, always. We, we love getting them. So, guys, in all seriousness, Besides Peter Sagan, who are you most um, impressed by uh, in the tour this year? Uh, I'm impressed by Tony Gallopin, though he he did lose some time today. He's no longer in the 10th place. He's no longer in top 10, but I, I think he's going to have a good rest day. He's going to put the legs up, um, and he's going he's gonna to come back in the Alps and, and get back into the top 10. This is a very interesting pick for you, little guy. Yeah. Very interesting. I have, I have, no, I have, I have no ulterior motives for why I'm... Uh, uh-huh. I'm just wondering, you know, why why the change of tune? Because I seem to remember a few weeks ago you, you going. No. I said he he will have a good GC race. You know, I I completely <laughs> I'll completely admit I did not see him having a good a good go at the GC, and I don't think he did either. <laughs> but he is, and I'm happy for it because he's on my Velo Games team, and I like yeah. him as a rider. I thought I put him on my Velo Games team because I thought he'd maybe win a stage. Obviously, that hasn't worked out yet, but he's been riding a really good race. I'm mm-hmm. happy to see it. I hope he's top Frenchman um, because, especially because Cycling News keeps running the articles that like uh, our buddy Warren chopping the wheels is the French hope, even though like yeah. Tony's been ahead of him for the last like two weeks. <laughs> they keep just like forgetting that Tony Gallifant's French, even though he's on a because he's on like a. Belgian team or something, and yep. you know they, should, they, have, they have tunnel vision over there. But isn't the, the other guy? He's on giant Shimano. I mean, that's not exactly a French team either. No, but like I don't. Maybe Galapan's just a flash in the pan that a lot of people think about him yeah. the way you thought about him at the start. That he's just never going to be better than fifteenth place in the tour. Well, I, I'm surprised he's riding for GC. He's a good rider, but maybe he's flash pan. But I, I hope he like goes all out to get his flash in the pan. You know, top ten in the tour. Because screw it. You'll get it. Someone will buy you beer for life. You know, your top Frenchman one year. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Mm-hmm. Screw the stage so, win. That's not worth anything. So I don't know why uh, why you're not going to let me 
choose Peter Sagan as my most, you know, exciting or impressive racer of the tour so far, Tim, because he is. Well, I think I was, but, I was uh, getting at, is there anybody I, else besides Peter yeah, Sagan? If, if I have to choose somebody else, um, and it pains me, it pains me greatly to say this, but I've been really, really impressed with Alejandro Valverde. He's, yeah. he's been riding really well and attacking all the time and like, you know, not giving up his GC position, but he's the guy attacking, you know what I mean? Like, he's not blowing himself up, but he's willing to risk it a little bit. And uh, and I can appreciate that. Okay. The most hated man in cycling Twitter um, is definitely uh, been impressive. I, I, I can totally hear you. I think that's a very good pick, Spencer. I, I'll go out and say it that right I've, been, I've been most impressed by Chris Froome. Um, yeah. And we'll get into that in a second, but... You know, honestly, what Chris Froome has been able to do, um, I thought Quintana was going to win, and Quintana has actually been performing the way that I thought he would. But what Chris Froome was able to do on stage 10, um, the complete domination, mm-hmm. and then what Richie Port was also able to do, I mean, that mm-hmm. type of performance is something that they sing songs about. And it's one of those things that's just a, uh, it was a freak of nature, and Chris Froome deserves a lot of respect for that does he also? Uh, are you insinuating with that freak of nature comment? <laughs> no, I'm not. Because here's the thing: is that you're not. Because really... that's like the same thing that Jellibert said, and then everybody like <laughs> said he's insinuating. <laughs> so you're not. I, I'm not to trying insinuate? to. I okay. I don't know what I'm trying to do. Here's here's what I'm trying to say about it: is that it sucks that my favorite sport that I care the most about, I have to always wonder if someone's doping and I can't take into account what they did on that day. And what I saw Chris Froome do for that moment, I suspended my disbelief and I believed for a second and I was like, that's amazing. And it was fun to watch. And Mm -hmm. it was fun to watch even though he was beating the guy that I want to win. I, uh, (laughs) I'd I'd like to believe Froome, I guess in the, it just doesn't feel like that dramatic of a difference compared to last year. Like Nibali probably put what, like seven minutes into, you know, mm-hmm. second place by the end of the race. Mm-hmm. So as much as Froome does seem head and shoulders, and that's always suspect at the tour. And it's hard to believe any of these guys to some extent. Like, I just don't see any more reason to be suspect of him. I mean, how many, how many times is like it come out later that like the sixth place guy was always doping. I mean, Look at Lauren Jalibert. He's throwing stones in his glass house. What did he finish? Six, <laughs> maybe in the tour. He's dirty as shit. And like he never, he never made it. He never won the tour, but didn't stop him from taking everything that the doctors uh, offered, but never asking any questions. So I don't know. Well, that's what's that's, what's that's what's disheartening about the sport is like you can't you can't have a performance that's impressive without a big question mark behind it. Even if there's no, like nothing has really come up about Froome, like being connected to any dirty doctors or anything like that. But like, you still can't look at it and be like, well, he did that on, you know, bread and water, you know, like, so. You know what what really gets me is that it goes kind of two weird ways in that, like, if all the, all the best guys are there, like right now, um, Froome gets like, like, extra questions, right? So, like, you have a good performance and everyone's like, I, yeah, he beat Constador and he beat Quintana by that much. He's got to be doping. And then the opposite happens in that, like, at times, like last year, where, like, Nabali's there, but, like, Constador's gone and Froome is gone. Then you get people, 
rather than asking like, oh, is he doping? Um, they're like, oh, well, he only won because those other guys weren't there. Like there's kind of only like two ways the race can work. Like <laughs> it's, either yeah. either you won because you got lucky. People are like, oh, he won because like Plaza won today because Sagan was too marked. But Sagan was the strongest. And if Sagan would have crushed everybody, they would have been like, little suspect gets that many second places. Don't you think? And then he gets a first place. Must be doping. Yeah, it's a. It's, we you're cannibalize. Damned if, you're damned if you don't. We, yeah, yeah. We, can, we cannibalize our own uh, our own sport. Um, yeah. You know, an evil cycling on Twitter had a really good tweet um, today that that I really liked, and it was just like, "Hey, Sky might be dope to the gills, but those bikes don't handle themselves." When he was talking <laughs> yeah. about their like descending, and I was like, "You know that that, that is true." And yeah. God, it's like when more I think about you. this, it's like this is the Lance Armstrong defense, right? And it's it's like, hey, you know, not the everyone else was doping. It's just like, you know, at what point do we just? watch it for the spectacle that is the sport we love and i'll tell you i'll tell you firsthand those those pinarello dogmas i have ridden one of those down a mountain and it is terrifying because they <laughs> handle like a noodle like a wet noodle they're I think, they're the worst bikes i've ever ridden. Have, they, have you looked at the new pictures of the newer ones i think they've like they've 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 lowered the craziness level of the fork I you know how so. the fork used to basically be like an s and yeah. now like a capital s <laughs> and now it's like a lowercase s or something or whatever crazy yeah. like i think they've like toned down the insanity of the shapes on those things yeah they were so bad they're i kind of don't like them but but i gotta say the the pinarello track bike whatever the hell it's called is like still to this day it's like the yeah. one like full carbon bike that i'm like like I just sort of like lose it when I see it and I'm like, Oh, I want to buy that. And then like buy all this track stuff. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? I don't want to do that. Yeah, I know you but that bike about... just like weak in the knees, man. Yeah. I know you're talking yeah. about bikes, but we're talking about Chris Froome earlier. Oh, and I, and I didn't want to bring sorry. this up. Is yeah. that Jeremy Powers had a great tweet about this whole, like, is he doping? Isn't he doping? And Jeremy Powers tweeted, how come a tour winner or leader hasn't just invited a journalist to stay with him 24 seven, the first 10 days of the tour. I feel that would go a long way. And, of course, people brought up, like, well, that was supposed to happen with Paul Kimmage a few years ago. And then, uh, out of nowhere, Chris Froome replies on Twitter, and it says it did in 2013 with David Walsh. And that was, like, Chris Froome's response. And then uh, Meyerson gets in there, like, and, you know, says something like, don't you have more important things to do tomorrow in, like, five hours? Like, go back to bed. Uh so then you're like, oh, who's running Chris Froome's Twitter account? But anyways, it was kind of funny that, uh, uh, that funny. Chris Froome was responding to on Twitter in the middle of uh, the Tour de, de France. What, I mean, what do you guys think about this whole, like, him getting, doing this more testing? Because I kind of feel like he should just tell everyone to F themselves. <laughs> I mean, as right. much as, like, I want well, more transparency, but, like... He like, doesn't even have I mean, like, like a track record. Like, is so like Spencer? Do. You said there's no doctors. Like, there's not. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, nothing we know of. And you know what I mean? At the end of the day, every single day of this tour, all 21 stages, and at the end of the tour itself, somebody has to win, right? Like, that's why we're here. Like, oh, whoever so, wins. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that like whoever does win, whoever is unlucky enough to cross the line first, is like, yeah, well, you know, eh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. So. 
It's, hey, speaking we of... We really uh, backed ourselves into a corner as a sport. Uh, speaking of crossing the line first, it was pretty awesome to see Nibali on the attack a little bit today, the shark. That was nice. Uh, you maybe. should say, like, speaking of crossing the line 23rd or whatever he got. <laughs> no, but, you know, I was thinking... Yes, and then I realized nice. when uh, Nibali was attacking how much I hate that Astana National Championship jersey for Italy. Like, it's so sad. Really? Like, Like, he's got the Italian helmet... But- Tim, I know we've talked about this many Tim, times. Tim, Tim, guys, it's so Tim, bad. Can I ask you real quick? How do you feel about uh, the Spanish National Road Champion kit? I it could be better. I don't like how it's. Uh, I mean, it's just like uh, it's basically the exact same kit. Yeah, I know. Like, it, I'm okay. not a big fan. I do like the Katusha National Champion kit for Austria whoa, that I saw today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was fun. You are all about the Katusha kits now. Wow, this is this is interesting. I'm gonna have to make a note of this. Okay, so, um, <laughs> hey, uh, little guy, where were you, uh, well, <laughs> never mind, we know you Where didn't. were you, 8.30 at what? No, I was going to ask, that? like, hey, were you on your computer hacking into Chris Froome's uh, a power meter data, and then I realized mm-hmm. you're still on dial-up, so. Yeah, um, it's so hard. It wasn't you. The one, the one you least suspect. I have an alibi. Who was it? Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, your power's out, so it wasn't you. My, yeah, my power's not on, so I got nothing. Um, <sighs> but I mean, I think the obvious suspects here are uh, are the Russian teams, known for their hackers. <laughs> um, so we're looking at Katusha. We're looking at Tinkoff. Uh, we don't yeah, need to I, look any further. I think All it's right. more obviously probably some some ex Festina doctor or something. <laughs> Wait, I like this. I like this Russian. This Russian one has some likes. Um, uh-huh. Absolutely. I mean, so we're we're talking Katusha, talking Tinkoff. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely Astana could be all over that. I mean, I know they're yeah, not they're, Russian. Yeah, they're per on se, the cusp, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, per se. Uh, they're like they're like Russian back in the 1980s. So <laughs> you were Russian. You were you were part of. That, you used that, to be Russian. You were, you were Russianish at one point. For you were forcibly Russian. So you're mm-hmm. basically still Russian, right? Yeah, so I, I don't know. It is a uh, uh, Chris Froome. Free Chris Froome. Hey, guys, uh, big news uh, just came out. Uh, the 2015 Tour of Alberta announced their teams, and I was going through the team list. Uh, five World Tour teams, two um, Pro Continental teams. Dre Pack's coming back. There is a team missing. Do you guys want to guess what team is not racing at the Tour of uh, Alberta? Safeway. Safeway. Airgas Safeway did not make the cut once again. Wait, what? what is Chris... Horner going to do well to be fair he is america's most popular cyclist not canada's That's oh touche that was a really good point spencer yeah thanks who so, do you think canada's most popular cyclist Sven tuft well i guess Ryder uh, heschel <laughs> steve bauer it's probably still it's, steve uh, bauer yeah either way no it's got to be Ryder heschel i mean he did win a grand tour I think it's I think it's Leah Kirkman. She she won the well last year she won the Nationals road race crit and time trial. She didn't defend any of them this year, but she still was on the podium. Wait, wait she won them all, and then oh, she so she showed. I thought you meant like she just didn't even show up to defend them. She was just like, no, I don't. No, need she to was there. <laughs> I, I don't need to prove anything. I won them all last year. Like I'm I'm just gonna watch this year. Screw I don't, you guys. I don't want to embarrass you. People. Going out on top. Yeah. yeah. No, she's a, she races again. for Optum. Uh, and it's oh, pretty okay. badass. All right, so that's that's pretty badass. That's a good yeah. repeat. Does hey, she um, win the mountain bikes be... too? 
Did she do that's what I was just sponsor? gonna say. All she has to do is win some mountain bike stuff, and she's well, gonna but be that's gonna be tough. I mean, Canadian Eddie Merckx. Yeah, but Canada <laughs> ca- Canadian uh, mountain biking is, uh, especially on the women's side, is pretty uh, pretty stacked mm-hmm. with a multi-time hey, world champion. You guys, I al- I almost mountain biked in Canada. Like I was really close to Canada when I mountain biked hey, last week. So little guy, um, hmm. you were on like, the road last week eating lots so of tacos. Uh, you were going through the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, did some mountain biking up there. Overall, was uh, the mountain biking in the Upper Peninsula worthy of a maybe a slow ride uh, retreat? Oh my god! Yeah, Marquette was great. I definitely want to go back. I only rode one trail, but it was a lot of fun. It was crazy. It was like two minutes out of downtown. Uh, the whole town, Spencer, you'd like it. It's kind of like Moab. It's very Spencer. Towny. Spencer, if you want to go to Marquette, I don't know. Bikes. I know lots about Marquette, little guy. I could. Give you guys one hell of a tour. I went to school. You know about the dome, and you could give us one of your gross, disgusting super rookie tours. We don't want that. (laughs) Don't want that. We don't want the super rookie (laughs) tickets sell out fast. Uh It's really only a walking tour. It's all. It all happened within like (laughs) two blocks. Square mile of the the dome. Tell me more about this mountain biking. (laughs) Oh, anyway, I don't know. Great trails in Marquette. They had a sweet system. Just a ton of trails, all kind of radiant radiating off one like spot south of town there's a bunch north of town and i i rode the like intermediate stuff and it was hard i tried one of the black diamond rock gardens not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) Nice. way too scary and there was a lot of like double black diamond stuff that i probably would have killed myself on (laughs) they have signs that are like you can't get off this trail if you start you will your wheels will leave the ground. Do not ride this <laughs> nice. unless you are ready for it. Like, hey, what mountain bike? Are you still riding? Are you still rocking the Klein? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Right. That's, of course, that's, I'm still rocking that's our man. Well, cool. Right. And then, so uh, all of our upper Midwest fans should, uh, you know, keep that in the back, uh, back of their minds. Uh, maybe check then, out the upper yeah. P. And little guy, since worth- at this point, um, Spencer and I just don't know how bike racing works anymore. You did race on Sunday. How did that go for you at the Southside uh, Sprint in Minneapolis, Minnesota? I was, I was pathetic. <laughs> I was really pathetic. <laughs> I don't know how many laps good. I lasted, but it wasn't that many. Did you get a placing? I Probably not. I mean, I dropped. No, I dropped out. Um, no, I didn't last very long. Did you back. throw your bike? Uh, no, I had no need. No reason to throw Did my Did you bike. do your greatest Michael Matthews impression? No, I'm not a whiny little baby. I huh. I quit and wasn't doing well, but I didn't I didn't blame a French rider for trying to take the wheel in front of me. Hey, speaking of uh blaming French riders, uh, little guy, your sprinter in Velo Games, uh Yeah, Concard. Yeah, he, he almost really got taken out great, by Sagan. Didn't have a really great sprint on uh the other day oh. when Europe car was uh, kind of driving the pace there at the end to bring in that Sagan, He didn't have good position. He wasn't going to win anyway. But, man, if you, you can watch that replay, Sagan dives between, like, a three-inch, like, spot that's between, like, <laughs> Concord and, and uh, Degenkolb. Sagan just dives through it and bumps Concord, and he, like, loses his chain or something. Um, and then none of those guys complain. But then after the stage, it was all Michael Matthews' uh whining so, and crying because somebody tried to take the wheel from yeah. him. Yeah. It, it was crazy to see Sagan go into uh, um, places that didn't exist in the sprint, like how yeah, he was bouncing from line to line. It was kind of like the NASCAR race in New Hampshire on Sunday. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I unfortunately had to like see some of that NASCAR because if you watch uh, NBC Sports to watch your tour your tour coverage, they like right. immediately finish the stage and then they like quickly cut to NASCAR before mm-hmm. any of their like hardcore fans miss two seconds of it. So I, right. I saw like a couple seconds before I could find the remote and turn it off. Well, Brutal and sports. then all I don't the know how uh, you made all the do that. All the all the primetime coverage of the of the tour for the last few days has been bumped by NASCAR as well. So, um, so it really got me hooked on it. So I decided I needed to go check it out. Um, so oh, I made the trek. That? Yeah, yeah, I made the trek up to New Hampshire oh, and uh, to the uh, to the New Hampshire Motor Speedway and uh, and took in the Five Hour Energy three hundred one firsthand. <laughs> and uh, it was it was. I don't know, a lot like track racing, actually, but with cars that were really hard to see because they were going by so fast. Well, you uh, were like sitting front row too, weren't you? So Yeah, it was, yeah, you I was. Anything? Would it you was... sit front row again? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, was, it was awesome. Any crashes? It was the best. Yeah, I saw, I saw one dude, number 19, I don't know, uh, hit the wall. Number 19, um, that's uh, Carl Edwards. Yeah, he got bumped uh, and, and he... Went sideways. He hit the wall, but then he kept it together and kept in kept going. They didn't even call a caution. So, was there any then, drama like on the track, like with people throwing helmets at each other, complaining to the no, officials? I didn't see any of that. You know, but I did see one, little guy one not tire ready. fire. So that was pretty sweet. I ex- every time I go to New Hampshire, I expect to see a tire fire of some kind. But this one was spectacular. Yeah, so. Was there anybody wearing uh, Zubas? Not that I saw. No, huh. no uh, That's not sounding like the Velodrome. So- if it's like if it's like <laughs> track true. racing, are are the officials paying attention? Like it like when somebody it's... like a crash happens, do they like does everybody look over at the officials and the officials are like, What? What happened? What? Oh crap oh, oh, no. uh... oh Wait, Was there are any you up donuts? a lap or down a lap? <laughs> <laughs> they just call Hey forty eight, what lap you on? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was I'm in the bathroom. God damn it! I, I was in the I'm bathroom. I'm not even I, I didn't go down. Oh, I've had that argument so many. <laughs> Who would drive around at half speed of everyone else and yell at everyone? Hey, you know, a lot of people give me flack about my track racing career. I am a cat <laughs> too, but you know, just for all the listeners out there, there was one time where a guy—I don't even know what he did. But I think he yelled at me or made fun of me or said something very derogatory. Probably just chopped you or cut you off and did something. And so then I decided – it was a missing out, I think. So I decided rather than leaving the track, I was just going to go really slow <laughs> so that every time the field came by, I could ride right next to him and just yell at him. Yeah, you'd swing Wait, up track. I swing up the track to come around. Week? Who was this? What's that? I don't know. Well, I, I don't, don't think even I was remember. there this week. Ah, dude. This was the was blog epic. posts of all blog posts. This was the start of the of the, was this of the on, end. Uh, bike throw, bike throw, bike throw, bike throw. Dot bike throw. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So good times out on the village room. Um, oh, hey man. guys, which post Tour de France party would you rather attend? This is a uh, question from Velo Spence. Okay. It's pretty easy. I am going options? to which whichever one Mario Cipollini is at. No, no, no. I am going to the Luca Paolini party. So probably the Katusha party. Um, actually, the VIP party. Probably not. I think he got kicked out of that party. Yeah, he's ah. probably not at that party. Dude, there's gonna be there's gonna be a Luca party. And you Come know, people's you know, at the Cipollini oh, party. Did you see? And... Oh, people's probably throwing his own foam party. So, little guy, I know that you're the only one that really goes into Barnes and Noble anymore. 
um, among, <laughs> amongst us because you're still working downtown. Uh, yeah, occasionally. So when you they go, still, look at, they still probably have the the Jiro recaps up. Well, so have you seen the new? Uh, you guys know Peloton Magazine, right? The cover yeah. story of Peloton Magazine is all about Luca Paolini. Is it? Like, oh, oh it's his photo on the front with nice. the beard, and it's totally zoomed in so that like. An enterprise, an enterprising uh, individual that goes to the downtown Barnes and Noble could easily just bring some white out and have a lot of fun with every magazine cover. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> like, seen that yet. I haven't been in there in a few days. I was, you know, gone last week, but uh, that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Hey, what are the sidewalls of Peter Sagan's tires made of? How can they be that sticky and fast? That's from Ed Merritt. I think they're made from. Uh, Baby seals. You think you rub too much pine tire on them? They're going to get them for that <laughs> pine, tire, pine tire too far up the sidewall? Throw them out of the game. <laughs> That's why he's switching bikes all the time. He's probably got sandpaper in his pocket. He's always licking his finger and rubbing on the tire. Mm-hmm. 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 It's all, it's all yeah, like I don't base- know. cycling is basically baseball. I think uh, hey. it's probably just uh, coated in his sexual prowess. Oh, hey guys, uh, we're getting near the end of the podcast here, and uh, you know, I've been, <laughs> this is actually the truth, so I've been going on, you know, morning bike rides, and the last few uh, days I've been riding my bike up to the, uh, the the starting spot, and the whole time in my head, I'm coming up with the paragraphs that you guys are going to have to read when I win the uh, Velo Games Challenge here for the Tour de France. I'm currently 200 points up on both of you. Oh, Spencer's no, in last place. That's going to be gone in like two seconds Wednesday uh, yeah. when one of my guys yeah. attacks one of your guys. I wouldn't yeah. get too comfortable with 200 points. No, I think I've I think I've got this one in the bag. But it should be noted that our <laughs> top place teams are tearing it up. Yeah, they're, they're destroying, destroying it. Destroying yeah. it. All the way at the top, we have Team Sticky Bottle. And then we have Team mm-hmm. Cute or Pro and Team mm-hmm. Too Tired. All three of those teams are over 5,000 points and very, very impressive. I don't know yeah. about uh, uh, the other two podium teams uh, right now, but uh, I can I can tell you that Team Cuter Pro uh, had about a week's worth of pro, touring, pro tour cycling research total in their life before picking that team. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. The only doubt, so, you know, well, they did take, see, the key this year is obviously Froome. But definitely yeah. the big key is Sagan. Um, yeah. Sagan Those has been putting in, and that's the that's the Huckleberry. If you went there, and you I, know, I made the mistake of going with Cavendish, uh, little guy. You once again decided just to sabotage <laughs> your team with a French sprinter, and uh, Spencer, you went with uh, Degenkolb, who again nope. not a bad. I went with I went with Cavendish. No, you have Degen. Oh, that's right, that's right. Sorry, you have Cavendish. Um, Degenkolb sure and. Uh, Team Sticky Bottle has Degen Kolb and Sagan, and that's really been helping them out. But Van Avermaet was Van Avermaet mm-hmm. was also a huge, uh, huge add-on. Gonna have a baby mm-hmm. right now. And I want to say this: is that Team Sticky Bottle <laughs> is currently ranked 33rd in the world. Really? So, really? Yeah. So, you know, I nice think it's work. kind of a kind of a bonus to like go into one of these things like not having a long history of watching all this racing because if you do that, you end up like me yeah. and you have people you really want to win and if you just yep. go in and 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 are not you you don't have your emotions involved like oh, I, yeah. have my I mean emotions look at involved. look at and, and that makes me pick way too many french riders well look at <laughs> um, 
Well, look at Velo Spence. It makes sense. He's in last yeah. place by a landslide, and his entire team is just pure class. Oh, he's got it's all. <laughs> yeah. He's got Chavanel. He has Buhani. Oh. He has Christoph, Vokler, Roland, Nabali, Kelderman, yeah. and Bardet. They should all be fine picks, but uh, yeah, yeah just all good didn't riders. Just huh. not right now. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Just not a yeah. not a good one. And then you know, talking about uh, if you know too much about cycling, like Keith Richards, uh, my business partner from Swift Cycle at six hundred seven West University Avenue in Gainesville, Florida, mm-hmm. um, Swift Cycle dot com. He he even named his team <laughs> Tuft twenty sixteen. So he's got Sven Tuft on there, who has brought him zero points. So and, um, the question I need to <laughs> no, he didn't unfortunately. The question I need to ask him is how many residual points am I going to get from my uh, very significant other being in second place in this uh, Zero. contest so far? But I will say that, guys, I will say this is that, again, since the prize is that you have to read verbatim a paragraph that I write, um, both of you separately, I, I'm letting you guys off a little easy. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be golden. I'm so proud of what I've already. We read. should probably post up uh, the episodes oh. where you guys had to read all mine last year from when I swept all three tours. I just want to. I'm so confident, Tim, because it's it's going to be. Hey, extra I have a track record when, of never when jinxing. You don't anything. win, and it's like you've you've, you've you've taken it to this level. So it's, it's... look at when have I ever when have I ever jinxed something? <laughs> that's true. That, that's never happened. You know, rest days are a perfect day for all of your riders to get popped. <laughs> hey so it is a rest day tomorrow so we'd like to thank everybody for listening to the uh slow ride podcast maybe you can get out there and do some riding uh maybe you can find us online at uh hmm? twitter at the slow ride so. pod or maybe thank email you. us the slow ride podcast at gmail.com leave us a review we didn't get any reviews last week so we slid down to 105th in the amateur rankings Oof. we were number Oof. one for a while i don't know what happened um, but it's just a popularity contest doesn't mean anything. It is, and looking at the download numbers, guys, <laughs> Dan from Nam is listening over fifteen hundred yes. times each episode. <laughs> <laughs> Something about those numbers doesn't add up. His computer okay. just continuously downloads it over and over and over and over and over again all week long. So, um, do you guys have anything else you want to add uh, about uh, the pod or? You know what's going on this next week? What we're going to – the speculations? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm excited though. It's going to be – I don't I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I think from probably win I guess. But I, I'm excited. It's going to be what do you think? a few days of bike racing to watch. So I'll, the big Alptuez. day. Alptuez, who wins? I bet Froome wins. Yeah, I'm like – the, the way it's going it. now, I think that – you know, even – I mean he took a second out in uh, Nairo just the other day. You know, like on that uh, mountain, that top little finish. sprint, and yeah, I think that the uh, yeah, but do you, I think there's enough podium. class. I think there's enough class uh, climbers out there that are like an hour behind that we could see a Pinot win on Alpe d'Huez, or we could see somebody like that. Oh, a Frenchman. Do well, you I think? think, uh, I think well, there's no descending. So be good. Yeah. Do you have? Do. Uh, oh, so you think uh, Perito maybe get a, a third stage win? Well, he. Yeah, I mean, he kind of like he kind of sat up the last few days. Like he, you know, he took some mm-hmm. time back with some of those wins, and he could have been like he could have maybe really fought hard to maybe get like a top ten or something. But he just he kind of like took it easy the last few days. I think he's saving himself. Mm-hmm. He's gonna probably try to win a couple stages here. I think he's All gonna right. go for it like every day in the Alps. That's Do what you, I see it. Uh, mm-hmm. Final podium. 
Uh, I will go with uh, Froome, and then I'm going to go actually uh, Nairo, and then I'm going to go Valverde. I think it's going to be a movie star sandwich on the podium of uh, Chris Froome. Hmm. But you guys? Uh, I think, man, I think TJ might hang on. You know, no. but I th- I think Nairo's second. I don't know if Valverde can can pull it out. He always has a bad day, and he hasn't had his bad day yet. And the Alps are going to be brutal and long and hard. And if he has his bad day coming sure. up, unless the last day is his bad day, uh, top place Frenchman is this? Uh, is the culprit of the crash going to be the top place Frenchman, or do you think Galapan's going to be able to come back and oh, take right. it? You guys, let's all get behind Galapan. Put, you, don't want put, me, you don't want me getting us, behind him. Let's put aside <laughs> our fellow games thing and let's, let's send good vibes. I've, I've no. been I've been there for weeks and weeks. Yeah. Anyway. So, so uh, who do you got, Spencer? Podium wise, yeah. um, at this point, nothing that I think is was going to happen is anywhere close to happening. So <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb and and I'm going to say top step will be. Uh, Contador, second step will be Nibali, third step, uh, Tyler Ferrer, Thibaut Pino. <laughs> oh man, maybe Malema. Maybe I mean, Malema will like some find some like crazy, crazy stuff com- is gonna happen in the Alps. So, uh, things are yeah. gonna just like you're not gonna see it coming. There's gonna be a it's... big shakeup. It's <laughs> we're gonna want to be glued to your screen. You're definitely gonna want to watch it. I, uh, I'm looking <laughs> in the crystal ball and I see that they're gonna, um, Kick Chris Froome out of the tour for motorized doping. Um, Man, we should this we whole should time inside that Pinarello fork. <laughs> That's why it's so curvy. Yeah. The motor has to be at a certain angle. So, hey, uh, we did get one final uh, uh, comment from friend of the podcast, longtime listener, first time caller, Brandon Gavick, who you may remember. We promoted the Louisville 2013 foam party with. Oh, you and, guys! Uh, I just threw away my water, my foam party water bottle this last weekend. Former U23 USA Crits champion Brian U25, Brian Gavick, but that's okay. Of Team Abercrombie Fitch, he said that it is. He wants to make it very clear: it is okay to wave to individuals that have rolled up the bottoms of their bib shorts. Um, to control tan lines, and have also gone uh, full Euro where they've rolled up their sleeves, kind of or full Chippo, where they roll up their sleeves to get the guns out for sun. Um, he said, you know, not a sleeveless jersey, but if you see a roadie out there that's, you know, got the legs rolled up and the sleeves rolled up, you still need to wave. Oh, yeah. So. I, I, I think you, I think the rule is you, you can wave it. You, you should wave at anybody else who's in spandex out there that you're crossing paths with. Hey, you know, Sarah, my wife, was saying you should just wave to anybody that's riding a bike. What well, the hell? If you're out in the middle of nowhere on a on some sort of training loop, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. If you're going down the, the commuter path on your way to work, no, there's no point. You know, like, don't wave to everybody. You're, you'll be annoying. Um, but... Uh, you know, I yeah, don't know I'll, what commuter path know. you're on, but the ones down here, there's only like two or three people. So well, maybe that's different. <laughs> I guess so. Huh. All right. Well, we'd like to thank everybody for listening, and as always, don't be that guy on the. Dragon, dragon. The slow ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Thank you.